Welcome to The Grid. I am your host, Jennifer Shahadi, and we'll be taking a 13 by 13 episode journey through every possible No Limit Hold'em hand, 169 hands in total, from aces to seven deuce offsuit. Each episode, I'll interview another top poker player or personality about their hand. Once a combo is taken, it's gone. So this podcast will become progressively more difficult as hands like ace-king are removed from the grid. Whether you spend hours poring over grids as you study poker, love to listen to hand history pods while grinding cash, or are just interested in absurd scavenger hunts, we're going to have some fun. You got the cards. Dealer, I'm feeling it hit me. Yeah, I got swagger. They see me, see me strutting. All sweating daggers. Believe it, I'm the real thing. But I gotta switch it on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Poker Grid. I'm here with Georgina James, better known as GJ Reggie. She is a poker star streamer, a platinum pass winner, the co-host of the Dare to Stream Challenge. And today for the grid, she's taking on the raggiest of all the rag aces, A6 Offsuit. Georgina, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. You've really gotten in very into poker in the last couple years and you are a popular streamer on twitch.tv slash gj reggie and that's the context of this hand right tell us a little bit about where it came up in your twitch career and your poker career i'll try and set the scene a little bit so this hand happened during micromillions last year so the micromillion series that was on in november and um, I was I streamed the entire tournament online, so it was the a five dollar fifty freeze out. It was a Monday night, and I started off streaming on the PokerStars channel with um, with Pieface, who's my co-host on the um, on the Stars channel, and then uh, ended up running really deep in the tournament and raiding myself onto my own channel just so I could lengthen the delay a little bit. We final tabled it. This must have been at around I don't know. This hand was played at probably around 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. So I've been streaming for around 12, like almost 12 hours at this point. <laughs> we reached the final table and I'm down to three-handed. So it's the biggest score that I've ever had. Uh, one of my biggest final tables that I ever had and the most viewers I'd ever had on stream at, in, at, a, at a, any moment in time as well. So that was really cool. The adrenaline was pumping. And um, if I take you through the hand... I'm in the big blind with a six off, three-handed. We're averaging around 30 big blinds uh, between the three of us. I am the shortest stack at the table, but it's pretty even. The button opens just um, to 1 million, so the blinds are 250k, 500. And I call. Flop comes six, deuce, three, rainbow. So I've got top pair and the ace kicker. Now, I check. The button then leads out for full pot. At the time, I was thinking the sizing was kind of scary. Because, I mean, it's to, to bet full pot into that, I thought, was, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> but I couldn't fold my top pair and the best kicker um, yet, so I called another one. Checked again, and the button now goes full pot again. At this point, it, that's pretty much all of my stack, so I, I couldn't really think about calling. It was either to go all in or I was going to fold. This was really early in the morning, and... The one person that I was playing up against here, I, I don't know what why or um, why I thought this way, but I had a feeling just throughout the entire final table that this person was out to get me for some reason. So, so uh, this person had been playing 
aggressively, at least I felt like they'd been playing aggressively against me and were trying to get the best of me in the hands that we played together. And we played a fair few pots at this point now. And I had top pair because the turn um, came the, another three, sorry. The turn was another three. So it was six, two, three, three on the board. And I, I don't know, I couldn't let go of my hand. I, I, at this, in hindsight, I feel like I should have, but uh, I ended up going all in and I got called. The river was a four and they had a pair of sevens. So they ended up beating me in that hand. And, but I, I did cash out. It was my biggest score that I've ever had on stream. Um, and just ever in lifetime, um, we had almost a thousand people watching for pretty much the duration of the tournament, which was really insane. It, it was kind of gutting because I felt like I had a chance to win. I felt like I was in a really good spot uh, to do that. But I, I don't know, I couldn't get away from the hand for some reason. And uh, I think I learned a lot from that final table, though. So it was a really good experience for sure. When you stream, there's like so many people watching you and I feel like you you want to win for the stream and for them as much as for yourself and you you kind of know that they're watching and you you feel like you let them down somehow by not <laughs> by not winning or playing the best that you um that you have so I think in the moment I was just kind of a little bit let down because I feel like I could have I could have done better I'm also very self-critical in general so when I lose, I tend to blame myself regardless of whether there was really anything I could have done better in the hand. Sometimes, you know, you just get complete coolers in poker, right? And um, you, there's no way you could have played the hand any better sometimes. And, you know, you, you were still lost. So, but situations like that, I'm quite bad from a mindset point of view that I always blame myself even though no one would have done differently kind of thing. Even though there's, that, that was still the best way to play the hand. It was just a very unfortunate set of circumstances it was the fact that they bet full pot twice that i don't know if um it just screamed to me that that it, they either had something which was a lot better than what i had or potentially complete air at the same time i always tend to think the worst <laughs> so in my mind i was like they've definitely they, they probably have me beat but at the same time i don't know if i can fold and because the thing is because i felt like they've been playing aggressively against me the whole time in my mind, I was like, maybe they just have a much better ASEX and they're trying to get me out of this pot uh, because, I mean, I, I called from the big blind. It was a min-raise pre, so I, I could have... All, all those low cards suit my range so, so much better than theirs in that sense. But um, in hindsight, I think I, I could have folded, but I also don't feel like I should beat myself up too much for, for going all in on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that seems like a really tough spot, no doubt. And... I find it really interesting, though, you've been playing poker for a couple of years, seriously, right? And you say that you get upset at yourself if you feel like you made a mistake. Is that something that you feel like is getting worse now that you're becoming more popular as a streamer? Or is it actually alleviated because you get into these situations all the time? Um, I've just been a super self-critical person, not just in poker, just in general, I think. <laughs> it's... um. I don't know if it's really getting alleviated, but I, I definitely don't dwell on it too much. It's like I'll be really self-critical in the moment, and but then the, sort of the next day I just kind of move on and try, make sure I learn from it. Um, so yeah, it has its it has its ups and downs, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's great. So you're able, even if you feel upset at yourself, it's kind of like a it's in and out. It's not something that lingers. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not sure if that's um, necessarily purposefully done. I just don't have a very, I don't have a very good memory, basically. So 
when things like this happen or when I get a, a bad beat or e even just talking about this hand, I've actually got it up in front of me just to make sure I remember all the details kind of correctly. Um, if I ever get bad beat in a tournament, um, a lot of people sometimes, you know, that, that sticks with them or they end up sort of maybe tilting for a little while. I um, very rarely remember what happens in a hand that I've played, even if it's about 10, 20 minutes ago. So it's kind of hard for stuff like that to linger. It'll hurt in the moment. In a week's time, I'll have forgotten how the hand played out. And then, um, which has its, you know, cons as well, because then you don't necessarily learn from the mistakes that you make if you don't remember what happened in the first place. So yeah, it has its pros and its cons for sure. It's interesting because, you know, you're streaming this to a thousand people. You're probably having an absolute ball, like pumped up with adrenaline. And is there part of you that just doesn't want to get eliminated from the tournament because the fun is going to stop, right? It's like pricking a bubble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The stream was really insane. Uh, it's easily the biggest viewership I've ever had. The deepest one I had. I was I was tired because it was sort of 4 or 5 a.m. and I've been streaming for 12 hours. I was really nervous because just because... Um, it was a lot of, it meant a lot to me. It was a lot of money. And just to have such a buzz on the stream, you definitely don't want it to end. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't focus after the stream was over because you were just still so high on that adrenaline rush. It's, it's, I mean, there's really no feeling like it. I really can't explain any better than that. So yeah, there was a sense of, there was definitely a sense of, gosh, I can't believe it's over because you kind of wanted it to continue, wanted the hype to continue all the way to the win, you know? Although I really feel like that feeling, something that a lot of people share, especially when you play live poker and you're in the money, maybe you're even deep in the money. It feels so exciting and fun, regardless of how long you've been grinding many times. Yeah. That yeah, definitely. Getting eliminated does feel like a balloon getting pricked and all the air being released and I think the problem is that sometimes people play overly tight because they don't want that experience to happen. So they might play tighter than they normally would. At least speaking for myself, I feel like if I'm having a, a blast, it, it might be harder for me to play as aggressively because I want to stick around. And I think that maybe that's actually something to fight against. I tend to, I'm a, sort of a self-confessed nit um, <laughs> when, I, when I play poker. I uh, tend to play um, a reasonably tight range and reasonably passive style but the thing is i think i've improved a lot over the course of the 18 months i've been playing and streaming and i um i had this final table reviewed with finton so we did an on-stream study session like a review of the final table to see what i could learn from my plays there um one of the things he um he said to me was that uh, he thought i was playing very aggressive at the final table, more aggressive than he expected me to be playing because he'd done a study session with me before where um, sort of the tight play was very um, obvious. Whereas here he was basically telling me to tighten up at the final table <laughs> because I was playing too aggressively. I think this tournament in particular was really nice to almost show how far I had come and how much my play style had changed. I felt really dialed in actually. In during the final table, I was paying attention to the play styles of the other people at the table. And I had the chip lead at one point as well. And I was making the most of that, especially when there were quite significant pay jumps as well. I did feel really good about my play in general. In this hand, you had a hand A6 off. That's not that easy to click off the grid because it's really the most, uh, I, I guess it's the least loved of all the aces, right? Because it, it doesn't have a wheel card in it. And, you know, sometimes you're looking at hand charts. And it's like ace five and ace eight plus and or like ace seven plus and ace five. It's like, what, yeah. what happened to ace six? 
especially the offsuit variety. I mean, you can't get any flushes or anything with uh, with that either. But I, I guess that's the beauty of playing shorthanded. You can play al- almost anything, <laughs> I guess, when we're when we're three handed like this. So yeah, it's definitely one to sort of look out for sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the the shorter handed it gets, the more the the six raises in value, right? Because there's so few people at the table that the button easily could be opening hands that have, you know, deuces through fives in them. So although in this hand, you really would have done a little bit better with a wheel ace, Georgina. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, given the run out, definitely. <laughs> I would have recommended that. So you mentioned all this adrenaline. What part percentage of it was based on the crowd? And what percentage of it was based on that this was your biggest online score by far? You know, I'm I'm not sure. I think a lot of it comes down to the poker more than the stream for me anyway, because uh, I'm not always the most confident player. And the deeper I run in a tournament, the more nervous I tend to get. And the thing is, when I'm streaming, in the moment, I'm not usually paying that much attention to how many people are watching. It's kind of only something I really look at in the uh, in the aftermath. I don't like knowing how many people are watching me streaming because... If I knew, it makes me more nervous. So I tend to keep that number and those stats off my screen in the background. So I don't really know who's watching. And I'm kind of just focusing on streaming the best that I can and trying to play the best that I can as well. So I would definitely say it was the the deep run, the poker itself, just trying to stay really focused and play the best that I can. And then also uh, the fact that it was the biggest score that I'd ever had. I really wanted to win as well. I mean, I just really, really wanted to win. And I think that added to like my pressure and my own nerves that I gave myself. So yeah, I I would say I would say the poker for sure. I could see that will to win, you know, when you were so upset about this hand, because I think it's one of those things where you could say like you have to call because you're so high up in your range, but you're still going to lose more than 50% of the time. But because of like the pot odds, you know, you kind of have to go with it. And I that's always a very difficult thing for a human to um, accept that they have to call even though they're most of the time they're going to lose. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Especially when you really want to win, because obviously there's a chance that you still win when you fold and you're down to a short stack. Yeah. That's the thing about poker, though, like trying to train humans in this thing that we're not very good at, which is thinking in percentages instead of in binaries, you know, like win or lose. But what about all these other gray areas in between? Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think it's something that I still sort of need practicing myself to try and realize that sort of doing this it'll work out sometimes and won't work out others but that doesn't necessarily mean you made the wrong or worst decision doing this hand kind of thing i mean you've obviously improved simultaneously in twitch and in poker itself do you feel that they go hand in hand because when i talked to my premier guest on the grid lex um, veldhaus he talked about how he felt that streaming was great for poker player who was improving because it kind of forced you to talk about your thoughts and also as you got more popular you got more scrutiny I do agree in a sense and that was kind of one of the reasons I decided to start streaming so I I picked up playing or at least started playing a bit more around six months before I started streaming and um, I started to try and in an attempt to win a platinum pass myself with the run it up streaming challenge that they brought out And one of the reasons I kind of thought streaming would help in terms of getting me better at poker was exactly what you said just then, is that to an audience, you have to explain your thought process and talk through your hands. A lot of the pros and a lot of the other streamers do that whilst they're playing and whilst they're streaming. And I thought, 
having an audience and being on camera would force me to articulate my decisions as I play. But the thing is, I kind of found out that you can stream without really talking about the poker <laughs> as it happens. So a lot of the time I don't end up really explaining my thought process and I still don't think I do it that well whilst I'm on stream. The, the one nice thing though is that it's it documents the journey and the improvement that I have made. And I think for me in particular, it's been quite slow just because of the nature of um, trying to learn whilst you're streaming, I think can be really hard because I'm, I'm still like a relative sort of newbie at the game. And um, when you're when you've got so many things to focus on whilst you're streaming, you've got the the chat, the stream itself, and, and then the poker. Especially if you're multi-tabling as well, it can be really difficult. So I think that's kind of inhibited my learning process a little bit, just because it, it is harder to learn whilst you're physically streaming it yourself. And I didn't start out as um, as a professional poker player, but then it's really cool to see the journey that I've come on, and the fact that it's all been documented and just shown to a large audience. It's uh, it's really cool. Well, yeah, but it's a, it's a harder skill. So I think like it's natural that, you know, you're going to have a different learning curve because you're not only playing great poker, you're also interacting with an audience and putting on a performance. So I think like to rise, you have to like, you know, improve everything at once, like almost like somebody's trying to become, you know, both a runner and a weightlifter, you know, they, they can't just like only <laughs> focus on one, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's really impressive. Um, you didn't get a platinum pass for the competition, but ironically, it did lead you to a platinum pass for 2020 at the Poker Stars Players Championships in Barcelona. So that's going to be um, a 25k tournament, approximately in US dollars, um, a 30k package. What does that feel like to win that? I mean, are you kind of already thinking about that in terms of your study plans? It's really completely surreal. This whole experience with Twitch and poker has been incredibly surreal. To think that in 18 months, essentially, I'd start streaming, then I'd go from a, a relative newcomer to both poker and Twitch to then now working with poker stars and then earning myself a, a platinum pass has been incredible, honestly. I, sometimes I don't really know what to say about it because it's still kind of not quite sunk in fully yet but yeah i uh, i'm really excited i'm really looking forward to it $25,000 uh, buy-in is unbelievable because the i don't really play live much for a start so that's going to be one of my plans for this year is to play a bit more live get a bit more experience playing live poker and um just getting used to being at the table and uh holding the cards playing with the chips and all that you want to at least feel comfortable at the tables when you're playing something that's such a huge amount of money um and in such a like special tournament as well and then in terms of coaching and study that's definitely on the plan as well i might uh try and get some coaching i don't really have any formal plans yet but i think getting a coach and doing some sessions would be really useful for me as well the biggest buy-in I've ever played live is 230 pounds. So it's quite the difference. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be literally 100x your previous biggest buy-in. That's yes. insane. <laughs> I think I'm going to be nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be quite intimidating. I think I'm going to be quite nervous. But the, the good thing is, is that I've got a long time to prepare for it. It's not until August this year, so we've got uh, we've got several months before um, I head over to Barcelona. And 
as long as I prepare myself well, I think I'll be okay. Um, if I d- play a lot more live tournaments and get some good study in, get some good training in, as long as I feel prepared, I think I'll manage it. But uh, no doubt, even on the first day, I'll still be nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's probably good, though. If you're not nervous at all, then that's maybe a problem as well, right? I think if you're not nervous at all, maybe, I don't know, sometimes maybe it feels like you, you don't care as much. So maybe you won't play as well as you can. But yeah, a little bit of nerves is always good, for sure. Yeah, embrace it. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a, that's opportunity, right? Having the ability to be really nervous about something because it's a great opportunity. You also had a competition where you were awarded two platinum passes. Um, and tell me about that. Like, how difficult was that? And did it give you any kind of like insights into your own streaming career? It was a really fun competition. So uh, myself and Pyface Poker, who's also a member of the PokerStars team and a streamer on Twitch, we had the opportunity to give away two platinum passes. So one each uh, to a new streamer, basically a streamer on, um, on Twitch. And it was a really great competition. I really loved doing it. And it was just so nice because it was how Pi and myself started our Twitch streaming careers. So we, we cared about this competition so much. We just felt like that without a competition like this, we, the two of us would have never started streaming. And somehow we've ended up being in a position where we can give away a Platinum Pass ourselves and start the same journey and find two new streamers, two other streamers who would be able to almost follow in our footsteps. And the competition was just really great. We had so much interest from people who have been streaming for a while, up and coming streamers, as well as uh, brand new people deciding to take the plunge into Twitch poker. So that was really great to see. And I really think we brought a lot of new people into Twitch, which was one of the aims of the competition for sure. Um, In terms of picking a winner, we found it (laughs) really, really hard. We sifted through a lot of footage of Twitch from all the streamers. And just before the competition ended, we kind of had a few, well, several very, very late nights discussing um, all the criteria that we had for picking a winner and just trying to narrowing, narrow down our options. It was a really great experience. And we, we chose two winners eventually, uh, Richie Rob and Gilly, who will be joining us in, uh, in Barcelona this year. Wow, really exciting. You know, last, last uh, PSBC, I did a competition. And I, I know what you mean. It's just such an emotional experience. I mean, luckily, I was not part of the final judging panel. Mine was for uh, somebody who created a game that incorporated elements of chess and some other type of chance mechanism. It's very emotional because you have all these people who um, really seem like they rise to the occasion and even surpass your expectations. And you kind of feel like you just wish you could give it more than two away. I'm sure I'm sure you wish you could give like 10 away. <laughs> That's definitely exactly how we felt. There were just so many people who stepped up their game and took it to the next level. It, it made our jobs so difficult. And it was the kind of feeling where like, we don't want to, we don't want to break anyone's hearts here. We don't want to let someone down when they put so much effort into their streams. So it, it ended up making the decision really tough. But also that it, it was a great thing that so many people went all out for, for a challenge like this. I saw you guys dressed up for the final stream <laughs> where you announced it. Yeah, it was really sweet. Twitch poker, for the two of us, and for a lot of people, it's all about the community, right? It's not just you streaming, it's all the people watching you as well. And Twitch poker has this uh, insane community, the best on Twitch, in my opinion, but I'm very biased at that for sure. We wanted to make it about the community as well. So we wanted to pick someone who was invested in the community on Twitch and in poker as a whole, 
not necessarily just someone who was streaming for the competition itself. And we wanted them to be able to continue streaming. And we looked at things like being a great ambassador for Twitch Poker as a whole um, in to pick our winners as well. Is there anything that you learned from the competition that you might integrate into your own streaming? Um, I think it was really cool to see lots of new different challenges and ideas. And I really like the idea of um, some of the things that happened where streamers were streaming together, working together and doing little competitions and challenges against each other. I really like that. I really like the idea of building Twitch Poker together because so many of the time you're just streaming by yourself. So I really like the idea where um, we had a couple of people doing uh, like a poker poker bingo. Um, they had sort of um, bankroll challenges, but against each other over a certain period of time with a certain amount of money. And just making things a lot of fun and competitive. I really like that idea. I don't know if I'm going to be able to incorporate it in, in, in the stream myself. But things like that, I, I really, really enjoyed. Because it just shows how far you can take things when you collaborate, which I really, really like. And uh, always adds an aspect of, a fun, of fun to the game as well. So I really enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, I love that creativity. It's funny because with Poker Bingo, I thought um, with the grid... It's so scattered because we've had people <laughs> cover aces and 10 five off and seven deuce. Yeah. And I'm looking for like, you know, four in a row to like, <laughs> to say uh, the grid, right? You have. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're going to help with it though, with a six off. <laughs> so anyway, I, I wanted to ask about this particular hand that you started off with, with a six off. When you won third place, you got third place, you didn't win, but yeah. third place feels like much of a win when there was like how many players in the tournament? Uh, it was almost uh, just under nine or 10,000, I think it was, uh, in the tournament. <laughs> wow. That's like coming in like in like second in the WSOP main. That's insane. Third out of 9,000. Jeez. So anyway, you, you got third out of about nine, ten thousand. 10,000. Obviously, big bankroll boost. Yeah. Was there anything that you started playing in after that score, either because of, you know, extra bankroll or just even confidence? Different types of tournaments that you started playing? Really, in terms of different buy-ins, um, just because I still think I'm learning the game and I don't think I'm necessarily beating the stakes that I'm playing at the moment. So I, I still tend to stick to the $5.50 to $11, maybe the old $22 tournaments when I'm playing online, just because I still feel like I've got so much to learn before I move at the stakes and consider myself like winning at this level. So buy-ins wise, I haven't really um, changed a lot. But uh, I, when I first started out streaming, I was playing a lot of turbo tournaments because they, they didn't take up a lot of time. And I think um, at the turbo sit and goes in particular, they didn't take up a lot of time. And I think they were a good way to learn. Since I've kind of gotten to the stage where I'm at now, I actually prefer, much like this tournament, I prefer the um, slower deep stack version of the game. I seem to be doing a lot better in that recently. Is there like a, a lot of emphasis on Twitch on how high the buy-in is? Is it like a lot easier to get viewers if you play a higher buy-in? Or is it really more about getting those final tables? I would say both, definitely, for sure. Like the higher buy-ins do tend to get more viewers, for sure. But then everyone also loves a deep run. So I, I think the kind of golden, you know, the what you really need on Twitch to get the most viewers would be... The highest buy-in and an FT. That would that's like the the peak. If you're if you're somehow final table of like a 25k buy-in tournament on Twitch, then that'll get all the viewers, people, and people come into the stream. Uh, but it's definitely a mix of both because everyone loves the deep run in the final table, especially when you know how much it means to the streamer as well. People tend to flock to the higher buy-ins uh, more so for sure. 
Well, yeah. And also the fact is that the two are so related, especially when you're talking about um, poker stars globally, because if you're playing the higher buy-ins, the field sizes are smaller. So your chances of final tabling are so much greater, even if the fields are tougher. That's the thing I play on uh, Poker Stars PA now because I live in Philadelphia and, you know, I just make a final table. Like, I, I, I mean, not not because I'm the best. I mean, I'm, you know, great. But <laughs> seriously, though, it's it's really easy to make a final table when every tournament you're playing it has like, you know, a, a couple hundred people plus there's reentry, right? Don't get me wrong. Poker Stars PA is doing really well. It's exceeding expectations. But still, the field sizes tend to be so much smaller. So it's really fun for getting better at the game because you're finding yourselves in these final table spots or final table bubble spots so often. So I really recommend people finding ways to occasionally um, get into those smaller field sizes. Yeah, no, definitely. That makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How do you do that when you, I mean, I guess you could always just play like something with a cap or something, but it, it must be more challenging to do that when you're playing on the on the main site, especially in these series. And it doesn't sound like something you really crave either. You kind of like the huge field sizes where you have a chance to like multiply your buy-in by so much. Uh, I think for when things like the um, the series are, and it's definitely really enticing. And I really, I love the MCT format. I love the massive fields. But at the same time, I, I do think you're right. I think you've got a lot more um, more chances of improving and kind of running deep in the smaller field sizes. And I do sometimes play things like um, sit and goes. So there's like $4.50, uh, 180 man sit and goes, which are quite good. And then um, if you play the tournaments that kind of aren't, I don't know, aren't the massive field, they'll still have like a thousand people in them, but it's not like three, four, five thousand people. Sometimes it can be sort of 500 to a thousand. They can help a lot as well. And you learn a lot if you run deeper in that too. You're really good at getting GJ Reggie on all the different venues, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter. Nobody took your, your prized handle. But uh, <laughs> I like how it's like both Georgina, James, and also um, good job. Yeah, for sure. I didn't actually uh, notice or it, it didn't really click that GJ also could mean good job in, in a sort of game and poker perspective. It wasn't until um, I think I this was really early on. I raided um, the OP Poker channel. And um, James called me good job, Reggie. And I thought, wait a minute, what? I, it wasn't something that I'd noticed before. Yeah, it's a, it's a happy coincidence. Oh, by the way, a lot of people who are listening to The Grid might not know some of these terms like rating. So can you explain to us what that means? Oh, yeah, sure. So um, on Twitch, when you stream, so you're streaming to an audience. And um, it doesn't matter how many people there are. But at the end of the stream, you kind of press stop streaming. And then instead of just going immediately offline and leaving your viewers in sort of a, a limbo with just like black screen on your channel you can send them to someone else so you can kind of say hey everyone i'm done streaming but you know what so and so over here they're still playing poker and i really like them i really like their channel so i'm going to show you their content and if you like it and you can stick around and maybe check out them in their stream as well so raiding is basically sending your viewers at the end of your stream over to someone else's channel and then they can go watch them instead whilst you're offline. I'm fascinated by this as um, so many of the streamers that I know, whenever I go to their channel, they're either streaming or, or hosting someone. Um, is that something that can be automated so that if like you're sleeping, you can constantly be hosting someone or do you really kind of have to actively do it? No, you, uh, you can set it up automatically. So there's an auto host feature on Twitch. 
and you basically add like a list of people you can just add as many people as you want and um it'll if you're offline it'll host someone uh, essentially randomly from that list who happens to be online so you can have someone sort of on on your channel at, at all times to make sure that, you know the content keeps flowing and it's just a nice way to keep the community and build the community together as well when you're friends with other streamers and you get to showcase other people's channels that you really enjoy too automatically randomized so is there a version where you get to pick your friends in order of how much you like them or is that just going to get too political so that's why they do it randomly well i think there is a ranking system to it as well so you can list them from top to bottom and it'll sort of go through one by one i'm pretty sure that's possible but the thing is even if you did rank your friends based on how much you like them i don't think they're ever going to know because that list is just for your eyes only no i don't think anyone else has access to be able to see that so you should be okay <laughs> oh what's your rankings no i'm just kidding i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you that <laughs> that's on the list of prohibited questions on my list <laughs> <laughs> but seriously the it is really a fascinating um um subculture within a subculture twitch I love to hear more about these things as I find it so interesting that there's these two competing hierarchies and cultures of poker, which is already very hierarchical because people are interested in what stakes you're playing, what bankroll you are, how much money you won. And then this other one where it's like how many viewers you have and how many subs you have and they collide. And I know you love the community and it seems like a great community. Is that ever awkward that it's like so numerical? Like when, um, when you're, rating people do people usually rate people of like a similar um size audience or do you kind of try to do both like you get helped by somebody bigger than you and then you help somebody smaller than you it's really interesting i do love twitch in the community and the, the dynamic can be very interesting just because even with things like like raiding like you said if a bigger streamer raids you then you raid someone smaller etc because the nature of twitch and i guess the poker as well is it is a competitive environment because you want viewers to watch you. And if they're watching you, they're not watching anyone else. Or, you know, that's the, that's the theory. So when you finish streaming and you end up raiding someone else, you're essentially, I don't know, sending your viewers to someone who they might prefer to watch over you in future, um, which then, you know, drops your viewers. So it's, it's a really odd dynamic. But I also think it's, I think it's really great that even though that competitive dynamic does exist that everyone is still so supportive of each other i do tend to try and uh, raid people who are um like a smaller streamer than myself because you have no idea how much of a boost and how much it makes someone's day when you send them a raid like i remember when i, I was sort of streaming to 10 viewers myself and someone sends you 50 viewers and you're like oh my god this is the best day ever you just see the reaction that they have it's just absolutely priceless and the thing is, with the, with the Dare to Stream competition that we had, there's now so many new streamers who are still just starting out. So I've got a lot of options there, which is, um, which is really great. But yeah, the whole, the whole dynamic of um, both supporting each other and competing against each other on Twitch, I think, is really great. And somehow it works really well together, both you know, being competitive and cooperative in that sense with like, things like viewers. I think that's fascinating because you know, that's really a metaphor for life as well as you can support people in ways in which they might, you know, take a client from you or they might, you know, end up getting an opportunity that you would have gotten. But overall, having a philosophy of abundance that if you make those connections and you build the community, it's going to end up coming back to you because people then see you as a useful, wonderful person who's introducing them to new things. 
you got to look at, at it that way, not only in Twitch, but also in life. So it feels like these this Twitch community is finding out this lesson in a really like hyper turbo way, which is super cool. I think it's really great, too. Because for me, it took me like years and years to learn that lesson. And I'm like, wow, like these like 22 year old Twitch streamers, like just like learn it in three weeks because that's how you <laughs> But that's the direction, right? We got to learn these lessons even faster. You know, I still didn't get a chance to talk about your blog because it's actually a very confessional style. You wrote a few letters to yourself about your life and the things that have been happening to you. One of them starts with, you broke up with your boyfriend of almost five years. You signed a contract to work for Poker Stars. And this was just kind of a, a message to yourself about all of these major changes that have been happening to you in the last year. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your writing? And does this confessional style also come up in your Twitch channel? Um, so it's really funny you mentioned this because I, I decided to s- sort of blog because of the fact that so much that had happened last year and it wasn't something I'd really done before and I thought it'd be another outlet for content creation. The only thing is, is that um, I'd mentioned it on stream before, but not really that much. And it took me a really long time to finish writing these um, these blogs because I was I was kind of nervous about putting something like that out there because it did feel a bit like a, a confessional. It's something I hadn't really talked about in a huge amount of detail before. I really like the the style. It's very detailed. For instance, um, one excerpt from it is: You got stuck into the job, and later that morning, you printed off your Poker Stars contract, took a coffee break to read it over, signed, scanned, and sent it back to Poker Stars. I can't remember if you told anyone this at the time. I just know at some point you were thinking how silly it was that the day you signed your contract, something you were something you were so excited for and really looking forward to, you also could have been found crying in a bathroom cubicle at work. I love the detail because these are the types of things that can really bring somebody into this present moment where, you know, you realize a dream, but your personal life is colliding with that and you're also sad at the same time. I, I think it's like great that um, you sort of noticed the detail in that but I I wrote it that way just because those few days in my mind are just so incredibly vivid as well and I I guess I wanted to try and get that across the fact that I I really remember it like that if that makes sense like so much happened in that space of time and I just yeah I remember it so so clearly the the few the sort of groups of days where where these things happen because it was literally back to back like within 24 hours of each other. It's funny also because I think that when you think about your dreams and them being realized most people aren't thinking about like signing a contract they're thinking about like oh this great new opportunity but there's often something very like just uh mundane about realizing your dreams like even for somebody who <laughs> wins a poker tournament you know like you know processing all the financial paperwork right yeah yeah no i i, uh, I get that for sure that's also kind of the nice thing about it because you know you're you're so grateful to like have the ability to do that mundane thing which uh relates to something you've hoped for for so long do you have any like uh, final tips for people who are on the fence about maybe starting a Twitch stream, whether it's poker or even some other activity, anything that might not be obvious to them that they should keep in mind? Um, I don't know. I'm not, actually not sure about uh, things that maybe aren't necessarily so obvious. I, whenever someone asks me whether they should start streaming or not, I take the default of yes, you should definitely start streaming and give it a go. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. 
if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think streaming on Twitch um, or pursuing sort of a career in this sort of field is for everyone. But I also don't think anyone's really going to know until they try it, which is why I always recommend, even if you just do it once, that um, see how you feel, see how it goes and see whether or not you enjoy it. Because for me, it was something that came pretty much out of left field. I, I don't do anything to do with graphic design. I'd never vlogged or blogged before I'd never sort of filled myself in this capacity or anything or broadcast myself live on the internet but it turned out to be the most fun and probably one of the best decisions I've ever made so it, yeah you never know what might happen and if you do really enjoy it and you want to continue with it great but there's also sort of no harm in trying it a few times and thinking you know what this isn't actually for me because I think sometimes people do also power through thinking everyone else is having a great time so I should be having a great time too when when they're not <laughs> not necessarily I would I was always recommend giving it a go though because I love it and it's such a great community on Twitch especially Twitch poker you just speak to a few people and everyone's always willing to help out so and finally to circle back to your hand a six offsuit I know you said that you know your memory is not such that things dwell with you but now that we've spent this time talking about it on the poker grid is there any kind of final conclusions or takeaways you have for yourself or for the listeners about this hand? I would say to sort of not beat yourself up too much about the decision, because I think in the moment I was just very, very upset and very like kind of harsh and critical, but sometimes that's, that's the way poker goes. And then I guess the last thing is to try and not to let, I don't know what the right word is here, but I, for, for whatever reason, I, I thought this person was battling at me personally the whole time, which may have factored into a call. But just to get sort of the, the biases like that almost out of your mind, unless you, you really, really know. Because I felt like I spent too much time dwelling on whether this person was out to get me or not. And they, that meant, might have sort of made my downfall in a sense. I learned a lot from that, both from a mental perspective, I think, more than anything else. I mean, I think it's fascinating because in poker, um, everybody, obviously, if they do well enough, ends up having to play in front of people in some way. And I think it's so interesting starting like that from the very beginning. To me, it seems like in some ways it would make you play better and in some ways worse. And it's about kind of like um, holding on and embracing the good and, you know, trying to shut out the bad. Yeah, it's a balancing act, that's for sure. Anyway, a really fascinating um, conversation uh, and career that you've had so far. Considering all that you've done in the last year and a half, I'm just really interesting to see what's in the future for you. I'm really excited. I think 2020 will hopefully be um, a real big year. I've got a lot planned for the rest of the year. So fingers crossed it all works out and uh, I'm going to give it my all. It's an opportunity not that many people get. So yeah, I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, well, see you in Barcelona and hopefully some of our listeners as well. It is Georgina James and she's at GJ Reggie on both. Her personal website at gjreggie.com, also on Instagram, Twitter, and of course, twitch.tv. Thank you so much for taking that ace-six off suited, the ace that nobody's picking to be a partner in the playground, but you took it, took it down for us. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so much for listening to The Poker Grid. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We also really appreciate your reviews and ratings. They really do help. 
We also have a new mailing list, so go ahead and subscribe to that on thepokergrid.com slash subscribe. Finally, if you're looking for a way to support me and my projects, I'm the Women's Program Director at US Chess, and we're trying to equalize the field in the mind sports arena. You can go to uschess.org and pick a donation of any size. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to The Poker Grid as we count down 169 hands. No one ever bust. They say I'm lucky. Oh no, no need to bluff. With all the cheap tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I got talent. You won't see me, see me stunned.